Welcome everyone to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today we will be talking about enlisted promotions. Welcome everyone, I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Sergeant Brad Mincy. And this may sound weird, but that was super weird introducing myself because clearly I am now Sergeant and not Specialist anymore. So for those listening and watching, you're probably just as, cause just as confused as I am. <laughs> Congratulations on your uh, promotion and welcome back from Jordan. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's This is the first podcast I think that I've shot since I've been back, so... It's kind of nice being back. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about what you did there. What were some of the missions you got to do, some things you got to see? Um, so I went as public affairs, but because I was part of the HICON, which was the higher control, um, we were we were over the training audience, and the training audience was uh, the soldiers' personnel that were actually acting in the exercise. So we were basically kind of just throwing injects out and just – making sure they were on track with what was going on and that they were following the right procedures and processes and stuff like that. So it was a really good experience. Um, I thought I was going to go and do some cool videos and shoot some photos, and that didn't really happen, but I met a lot of cool people, made a lot of good connections, and it was still a good experience overall. So I'm excited. Well, I'm glad that I did get to experience that. Yeah, I think any time you can go on a deployment and uh, get out of the States and get out of your usual routine, uh, I think you can definitely get some good experiences out of it. So yeah. were, were you expecting to get your promotion while you were there, or was it kind of surprised? It was definitely a surprise. Um, up until we left, it was a big push trying to figure out where I fell in the process, and so I didn't think it would happen until I got back, and luckily enough, there was people there the right people at the right time kind of thing and they kind of helped me out and made the right phone calls and got it done so it was really cool to be able to say that I got promoted in another country and uh, General Owens was the one that pinned me so that was pretty cool Um, and then of course to have people there that um, new faces I guess you could say that um, making new connections and things like that so it was cool experience to um to experience that while I was there. Yeah, I, I kind of hate that we weren't uh, able to be there as uh, public affairs people uh, to kind of get your promotion with you there. I know, but, I feel uh, like but, but I'm happy for you. I'm glad you were able to get this done. You're, it's well-deserved, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you finally uh, got that promotion. Yeah, thank you. It, it was a little weird because um, with us being such a small little group, we don't get to experience and do these kinds of things together like a regular line unit. I mean, you might have three or four promotions every drill, but for us it's here and there went out of the blue moon, I guess, in a sense. So it would have been cool to have everybody there and experience that. But it was still exciting to have people there that um, were just as encouraging and um, excited for me and everything like that. But I'm definitely glad to be back, and it was a great experience. I wish all of us could have went and, like, got to see Jordan together. It was fun. So what was the best part? What uh, was the biggest bang you got out of it? I would have to say, besides meeting new people and making connections with other people in the Guard that I probably never would have met if I didn't go, would have to be the sightseeing. Um, We did get several cultural days, and it was cool because I've deployed. I don't know if you've deployed or not. So 
you have this mindset because you see things maybe on TV or movies or in the news or whatever. You have this perception of a specific area or culture, but then you get there and it's completely different than what you expected or what you thought. So it's it's kind of a shock in a way, but it's cool to experience things that are different from us because obviously I've lived in the United States my whole life, so that's what I know. But to go to another country and see their culture and how they live and how they experience things and their food. Oh my gosh, if you ever get the opportunity to go to Jordan, go to Jordan. Their food is amazing. I'm not talking about the chow hall food. I'm talking about out in the city, like try if you're somebody who doesn't like to try new things you have to try the food and not just the food like i got to try or i got to have sushi while i was there and mexican food jordan sushi yeah well, okay. it, but it was it wasn't jordan's it was um i believe the guy was from japan or somewhere like that but i mean you think like i said you think of it as being um middle eastern and they're very um What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. They're um, they're not strictly Muslim or they're Muslim and then they have Christian um, belief and everything. So it's it's more modernized, I guess, in a sense. So the culture is a little bit more diverse than what you yeah, were thinking it really exactly, was going to be. Yeah, and I mean, they have McDonald's, they have Burger King. McDonald's they, is everywhere. I know. It, and you know what? I had I had to have a Big Mac while I was there because I was like, I got to see if this is just as good as back home. <laughs> yeah, a lot of places I've, I've talked to people go and get a Big Mac uh, or some other type of burger from a American-style restaurant, and sometimes the flavor is very different. Uh, was it pretty similar to what you were used to? Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't seem any different. It was cool to see, like, their um, the boxes with their writing and then the cups and everything. Um, they also have malls and they have the same exact stores we have. They, and so it's just weird because like I said, you go there thinking one thing, but when you get to experience it, you realize that they're not any different than we are. They live this, like they live the same way in a sense, they're the way they live or their food or their clothing, things like that. Their work might be a little bit different, but overall, I mean, they get up, they go to work, they go to school, and it's just they do the same things we do, just a little bit different. Yeah, I think one of the best things about being in the National Guard, uh, although when I was a regular Army, I did get to travel a little bit. Uh, I spent about a six-month deployment in uh, Honduras, but uh, since being in the National Guard, I've actually done more traveling in the Guard than I did in oh, the regular really? Army. Uh, a few weeks here in Japan, a couple of weeks in Romania, a few different places here in the States. So I, I think that's definitely one of the really great aspects of, of being in the Guard is you have that potential and you're not necessarily going for a year or two years or three years, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can do those little short deployments. And, and yeah, I think seeing that, that difference in culture and, you know, does it fit that sort of stereotype that you have in your mind, mm-hmm. um, or how different it really is, uh, it can be pretty dramatic. And uh, I, I, when I went to Japan, the one thing I sort of was disappointed in, we didn't get that many cultural days. Uh, <laughs> but the one day that we did, yeah, we got to go out uh, to the restaurants and, and see the food, see some of the temples. And, and it was just really great being able to, to do that. Uh, the Romania, we definitely got to go out a lot more often. So, yeah, if you get these opportunities, it's definitely good to go out and, and experience other cultures, see the diversity of, of the world. and realize that you know yes we're all different and have different ideas maybe different priorities but uh, but we're all humans when it eventually comes down to it exactly so you did all of that 
while you were in the guard? Yes, it's public affairs. I'm going to have to talk to Sergeant Cashing because <laughs> that was one of the reasons why I wanted to become public affairs was to travel. And this is the first time, like, this is the first exercise that I've been able to go on since being public affairs and go somewhere other than Georgia or South Carolina or Indiana. When There's keep, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> keep in mind, I've been in the Guard for about 10 years now. So, so, so you'll get more. there. Yeah, okay. you, you'll get there eventually. Okay, There's, so there's wait, always like, opportunities. Wait a couple years and then start complaining? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, since we're um, talking about promotions, and it kind of goes with our guest speakers today, they are going to be talking to us about the enlisted side of promotions. So, Hopefully, um, there's been lots of questions since we started the podcast, and one of the biggest topics that keeps getting brought up is the enlistment pr um, promotion process. So today, we have some special guests, and they are going to talk to us about that process. Yeah, I think they'll have some good information for what sort of things soldiers can do to, to get promoted, to make sure that they're having the paperwork and stuff in order. So uh, hopefully, our listeners will get some good information out of them. So today we have Sergeant Major William Kaiser, the State G1 Sergeant Major, as well as Master Sergeant Donald Black, the State Enlisted Promotion Systems Manager, and they are both here to talk to us about enlisted promotions. So thank you guys for both being here today with us. Absolutely. You're thank welcome. you for having us. Glad to have you guys. And before we go, congratulations. Yeah. You just recently picked up E5. <laughs> yes, Sergeant Major. So welcome to the NCO Corps. Thank you. Yep. So could you um, start out, Master, and explain a little bit of the process for the enlisted promotions? Uh, certainly. So the first thing that happens uh, every year at the board cycle begins, we do a board. Uh, at these boards, uh, we have um, soldiers of the same rank come together, and they will evaluate a soldier's record through IPERMS and rank those soldiers accordingly based on the records in the file. Um, and at that point, they score the soldiers anywhere from a 2 to a 6. And so the maximum a soldier could get would be a 6-plus, and the minimum a soldier could get would be a 2-minus. Uh, so anyway, we totaled the scores from all the board members, and that is that soldier's score to go on the list. So what are some things that you guys look at uh, when you're on this board? Well, um, actually, paragraph 7-35 uh, in AR 600-8-19 discusses evaluating the whole soldier process. But the, the main documents that are reviewed for um, evaluating a soldier are their most current NCOERs and the previous two, and also PT cards, height, weight forms, um, any DA form 1059s from school, any awards they receive, um, and their, um, their enlisted record brief, their ERB, that shows their past assignments, things they've done, deployments, et cetera. And it really is the whole soldier concept. You're trying to look at a soldier's career for the past couple of years and to see what their performances are and their potential. So all of those go into factoring the whole soldier concept, and those are the tools that we use to get that done. Correct. Now, is this process for the board, is that more for, like, E4s? Because I know lower enlisted, like your E1s, your E2s, those are... Auto advancements. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so, could, so would this process be more towards... E4s. It's for E5 and up only. Okay, uh, so, so this the, is E5 and up The only. electronic board process is only done for soldiers in the rank of E5 and up. For E4s to E5, the unit still produces a um, soldier evaluation form, a specialist evaluation form, if you will, um, that ranks each specialist, and then they come together and uh, have units held at the MSC, the Major Subordinate Command, and they will um, grade their soldiers based off of those soldier evaluation forms that were completed by their supervisors. 
Okay. Yeah. Now their record is not as in-depthly reviewed as the files on iPerms. Just simple fact they don't have access to all of it. Okay. Yeah. So what are some things that set uh, some of the higher graded or higher scored soldiers from, from those who don't get quite, uh, quite as high? Uh, to be honest with you, the marks on the NCOER for far exceeded standard to needs improvement, those are the main separators. That's what gives you your base score, I would like to say. Uh, and then the, um, any additional um, increase or decrease in score would look at uh, your past history as far as what assignments you've held, if you've ever held a leadership position, such as a first sergeant, for those being considered for sergeant major, first sergeant is a big deal. Um, or if you're headed for uh, master sergeant, being looked at for master sergeant, if you were actually served as a platoon sergeant, and did you just serve as a platoon sergeant in theater or just in CONUS? Those things all, all weigh in. Now, can you explain a little bit the process of the promotion list as far as how you get ranked? Is that based off of the board and... Yes, 100% comes off the board. So the board members enter their score into the computer system, and then the computer system totals all those uh, grades that, they, that you receive from your board evaluators, and then you get a total score. And so you're listed on there from highest to lowest, and then in the event of a tie, because there always are some inevitably due to the number of soldiers we have, um, time and grade becomes the number one tiebreaker. So if you've been an E7 longer than someone else, then you'll be higher than that other E7. Or, and then if there's a tie in time and grade as well, it goes to um, time and service. And we haven't had a, haven't had a, time, a tie there to okay. have to go further. But if, in fact, it does, it would go to date of birth. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep, so the older, the better. <laughs> <laughs> and as we're talking about boards and where you rank on the list, we cannot emphasize NCOERs in this process. So whoever writes the best NCOER for their soldiers, mm -hmm. that's how you're going to start separating yourself from your peers. So it's really on the raiders and the senior raiders during the evaluation process to really know what's going on with their soldiers and capture that on the evaluations. Correct. So what are some things uh, the soldiers <clears throat> can do if they're looking to make sure that their, their NCOERs are intact, that their qualifications are intact. Uh, what are some things that they need to be doing to sort of doing self-checks to in preparation for their next promotion? Well, there are a few things they can do. Number one is uh, maintain an um, accurate viewpoint of their record to ensure that they have everything in there that should be and there's no awards missing, there's no DD-214s, no official forms missing from their record that should be there. The other part is to know when your NCOER is due. That's a big piece. Know yes. when you should be talking to your, your rater and saying, hey, I've completed my, my annual review is coming forward. I need you to be working on my NCOER. Here is my support form. This is what I did for you this past year. You know, please include it as such. And then work with them and say, hey, stay on them. Don't let them go. Stay on them until you know for a fact that it's been submitted to uh, HQDA, and you'll know that because you had to sign it through the uh, EES system, the evaluation, the, uh, the electronic evaluation system, excuse me, EES the, um, the one final thing they can do uh, to affect their scores on the board, let's say, in fact, the soldier does not get their NCOR in time and it doesn't make it into the PERMS file before the board conducts. Well, there's nothing we can do to, I can't take a draft copy and present it to the board. The only thing that the board can see is documents downloaded directly from PERMS, that's by reg. But they can write a memorandum, a memorandum to the president of the board and highly recommend that they do so. Mm -hmm. Address the situation. Why is my NCOR late? Or why did I not take an APFT this past year? Or why am I not in compliance with height and weight? Was it due to a medical condition that I had, et cetera, an accident that occurred, 
et cetera. Uh, by writing those memorandums, it really helps the board members to see that the soldier is, number one, taking responsibility for their record and tracking their career, and also shows them that they're willing to um, explain any deficiencies. So they don't have to ask questions. they got it right there in front of them. So for MDA soldiers, is there, a, is there a process, a form? How would they, what's the best way for them to go about doing these memorandums that you mentioned? Actually, we are in the process with this next board cycle. We will actually have a example memorandum letter to the president of the board. And so with that example, it'll be given to every soldier. If you have a need that you need to write one, here's a go by, type it up, sign it, send it to your unit admin clerk. It will be forwarded to the state EPS manager and handed to the president of the board. Is this going to be like easily accessible somewhere? Is it something they can download somewhere? It will be on the app. Okay. Yes, sir. Sure. So before we go into the app, um, mm -hmm. you were mentioning um, your um, evaluation time period. Correct. What, what was it called again? The NCOER. Yeah. So is that different for everybody or is it the same time every year? It is different for every okay. soldier. Yeah. Um, and basically your admin personnel can, can advise you of when your annual review is coming forward. However, it changes if you get a change of rater. Um, so, like, if you were promoted on 1 August, mm -hmm. then your evaluation end date will be 31 July of the following year. But let's say you get a change of rater somewhere in between six months down the road. So now your annual rater will be in January. I mean, your annual will be the following January after you had a change of rater in CLR. So your, your, your time can change based on what happens to you during your career. Okay. But for the most part, whenever you do one, 12 months later, you do your next one. So, like, for me, since I recently got promoted, and my promotion is July 30th, so I should be looking, I should be working on my evaluation now, like, taking notes and stuff your like that. Your support form. Yeah, yes, right. but then uh, come next year, if my unit isn't talking with me about it, then I should bring it up and say, hey, my... It should be your first-line supervisor, okay. who is start. typically your rater. That's, right. That's the way it should be. And then, but then if that were to change, then it would be a change of rater, NCOER. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by all means, bring it up 30 days in advance. Don't wait till July 30th. Correct. Because right. um, the uh, Department of the Army gives us 90 days after the NCOER is due before it's considered late. But you can actually sign your NCOER 14 days prior to the end date. Okay. Yep. And that actually gets it more time to be in the system and evaluated by the HQDA examiners and actually make it to your PERMS file in time. Mm -hmm. As we know, sometimes board. even once we put the paperwork through, it has to <laughs> be That's recalled correct. and put back through a second time or mm -hmm. it's a yeah. third time sometimes. Correct. Yeah. Waiting that 90 days is the absolute wrong answer. Mm -hmm. uh, reason being is that you will, very, you have a very high chance of missing the uh, cutoff date for the download from iPerms for the board. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that because I'm still coming up the ranks that, especially M-Day side, they don't know the process. They don't know what to do and how to help progress themselves because they are one week in a month and two weeks in the summer. But Correct. for somebody full-time, they may have a better understanding. So if you're listening, watching, or anything mm -hmm. like that, make sure that if you're looking, if you're in to stay for the long term and you're wanting to progress in your career, you have to do things for yourself. And the, That's right. your unit is there to help guide you and give you the information you need but ultimately you need to step up and be the one that's well and you shouldn't suffer in silence exactly right if you don't raise your hand and say mm -hmm. i have a question then a first-line supervisor can't step forward and fill that gap mm -hmm. or a full-timer a readiness nco or a training and admin nco can assist the soldiers with getting the knowledge the m-day soldiers need and then getting the results they need for board actions mm -hmm. and i think that's the disconnect too is 
they don't ask the right questions. They may not know what to ask, or they're just too afraid to ask, really. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so with these soldiers, particularly the M Day soldiers, uh, I know for temp techs or so, soldiers who are full time uh, working here, it's a little bit easier for them to sort of kind of know when their their NCOERs are due, mm-hmm. when their paperwork and processes due. What sort of uh, policies, procedures do M-Day soldiers have? Uh, what are some things that you would recommend or suggest for them to actions that they can take to make sure that they're prepped and ready when, uh, when their reviews come around? So basically, um, I have a very short memory. I don't remember what I had for lunch. So <laughs> I have to write it down in order yes. to make sure that I'm able to give my supervisor a, a valid um, estimate of the things or a valid statement of things that I've completed for my support form. So by all means, every drill, Write down what occurred. Write down what you think you did well. Um, and then that way you can show it to your supervisor at the end of your 12 months or near your, nearing the end of your 12 months for your coming up for your NCOER. Hey, these are the things I accomplished. And that would be a big help to the supervisor because we're all very busy. We got it. We understand. And it's not the, it's not the correct way to do it. To, it's not the, or I should say, it's not the preferred method. But it is beneficial for you to provide your supervisor a notice of the things you've accomplished because they can't remember everything. And proper use of the support form. So you're a brand new NCO. So somebody should be showing you what an NCO support form should look like. It should have your duties, what your expectations are while you're fulfilling your roles as a newly uh, NCO. And then taking your support form will help every drill annotate what you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. What expectations have you met? Maybe the expectation is that you improve your APFT score by 20%. Well, right off the bat, that's something measurable. Mm-hmm. That's something that can be tracked. But the conversation right. needs to occur with your rater. And the support form is one way to have it annotated. So for right. somebody who's not familiar with this support form, what what would the soldier need to look up? Where could they go to find this uh, support form? It's in the uh, electronic evaluation system, the EES. All right, and it's uh, 2166-9-1, I believe, is mm-hmm. what it is, the DA form. And where do you need to be able to access that? Uh, for EES, you will require CAC access. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think the forms are available on the Army Publishing Directorate. I'm not 100% certain we can get validation there. Um, and so they are downloadable from forms uh, on that site. You go to the forms link and then click DA forms, and you should see 2166-9 series. One will be the actual evaluation, and one will be the support form. And they're PDF versions that are easy to email. Correct. So if you can get a hold of one of the PDF versions, then you can use that at home during the month as you get ready for your next drill. Right. Now, can you um, tell us where people or soldiers can look for um, the promotion list and that kind of thing? Because I know that some units will post it up, but is there somewhere that they can access this to view at any time? Yes, absolutely. It's available 24-7 on the South Carolina Army National Guard app, and I have to refer to my notes so that I tell you exactly correctly. But on the South Carolina National Guard app, you would select current soldier link, and <clears throat> once that is loaded, scroll down to this section, promotion list, sergeant through sergeant major, and uh, then select the appropriate one, and then it would be available for you to view. Now, those lists are masked, um, and what it means is we don't want everyone's personal, personal identifiable information available to the public, and since the app is 100% public, uh, we changed it to where it's the first three letters of your last name, first two letters of your first name, and then your date of birth. And so that's how it determines 
that's how that's how you know that that's you on the list yeah. you're looking at yeah. and if you know that your unit doesn't have them publicly displayed in your armories you need to request that they do that that correct. isn't an inspectable item correct so your unit should be providing you that as an m-day soldier okay yeah i was looking um before i went to jordan mm -hmm. i was looking just curious because i changed mls's to see what the promotion list look like and I knew it was on the app so I went on the app and mm -hmm. I'm like what I was reading it and I was like good thing there's only two of us on there because I didn't know <laughs> what the breakdown was so right. you explaining it it makes yes. more sense now that yeah. that's what it is so yeah we didn't want any PII out there yeah so. right, right. And, and but I mean it's nice to know that um, the app is has so much information on it and it's nice to have it at your fingertips if you're sitting at drill or if you're at home with one of your buddies and you're talking about it, mm -hmm. you can just pull it up and figure out where you're at instead of having to wait till next drill or yeah, that's right. guess or that's right. anything like that. So, I mean, it's very useful and it's nice that it's readily available to us. Absolutely. And another concern was how often is the list updated? Yes. Well, the mm -hmm. list is updated almost daily. However, we can't publish it daily. It would be too cumbersome a task. Mm -hmm. So what we strive for and does not always occur, but every Wednesday, we try to publish the list every Wednesday to the app and to the skip page as well. But for soldier access, ease of access, we try to post it to the uh, app every Wednesday. So what sort of things, uh, I guess, uh, soldiers gone through the process, they've uh, been checking their uh, checking the app or going to the skip page and finding kind of where they are on the list. Uh, what if they have sort of a disagreement with, with where they are? What if they think... They should be higher, or maybe uh, they have a disagreement with how long it's taking them to get promoted. What sort of what sort of options would a soldier have at that point? Yes, sir. Well, at that point, um, they are encouraged to use their chain of command yep. to ensure that they address it with their uh, first line leader first, and go through their chain through their commander, who will then, if they feel it's warranted, and most times I've never seen a blockage yet, they will forward all concerns forward, and it'll make it eventually make it to us at the state P EPS uh, office at which we will, uh, we will address the situation to look into it and see if there was something, if it was an error in the soldier's file for review. Now, if there are, there is a, another process called Standby Advisory Board, mm -hmm. and that process can is used to fix errors when they occur. Yes, sir. And, and so those, those are, that, is the, that is another option once a soldier evaluates, once the, rec, once, the, uh, evaluate, once the board process is complete, that is a viable option for the soldier to request a Standby Advisory Board if they feel that their record had an error in it that the board members uh, didn't get to see the correct information. And as it relates to a Army process, if there is a flaw in the process, they can also reach out to the Inspector General's office. Correct. So they can reach out to their uh, MSC's IG office and see if they can get some help there. Now, is there any advice that you would give soldiers as far as this whole process, things to look out for, maybe things that um, could help them get higher on the list, I get, like I guess schools and stuff like that. Like, right. What would be some advice that you would give soldiers for their promotion? First and foremost, complete your structured self-development or as currently now being changed to the dis distance learning course dis mm -hmm. or distributed learning course, the DLC. Um, we have 2,496 E4s eligible for E5 in the, in the South Carolina Army National Guard. Of those 2,496, over 1,200 were removed from the list automatically because it did not have SSD completed. To, by regulation, you have to have your SSD done to be on the board, to be boarded for E5. 
necessarily since that, that since it didn't have it completed, we couldn't put them on the list. So almost half were removed straight away. Why do you think soldiers aren't getting these DLCs completed like this? Well, the DLC process is going to change it a little bit, but the SSD's been around a while, and I think soldiers just aren't placing the emphasis on it. Uh, so it's their career if you're really, if really interested in it. And it's not just E4, E5. Right. Uh, it's about 40% E5s did not have SSD2 completed, and 30% of E6s didn't have SSD3 completed, et cetera. It, it, the percentages went down, but you know, so did the number of soldiers with the rank. Mm-hmm. So um, by all means, please make sure you accomplish everything that's on your end that's what you're responsible for to be eligible. Uh, maintaining a current APFT is crucial. Maintaining a current height and weight in compliance is crucial. If you can do those, then um, if you do those and you do well in your career and in your job, you'll do, you'll do fine in the Guard. And for me, when I'm sitting on a board, I'm looking for the trifecta, right? I'm looking for the DA photo. Did they have their ribbons rack and everything on their uniform? Dress right dress means their attention to detail and that they care. And then their enlisted record brief is everything up to date. Did they actually look at their enlisted record brief to make sure their assignments are good, their awards are good, their awards match the DA photo? Mm-hmm. And then finally, the NCOER. Did the soldier show potential over these uh, three, four, five NCOERs that we look at has the soldier stepped up and taken on more and more responsibility? If that can be demonstrated in an NCOER, that speaks a lot to potential. And as you're sitting on a board and you're looking at these three, four NCOERs, you can tell is somebody progressing up or somebody trending down. And that's going to impact where they end up getting their scores. That's correct. Now, you said, um, you mentioned the DA photos. Mm-hmm. When is that required? Because I've heard mixed. So it's required as an E6 going to a board. So E6 and above, if you have a major award, a rank change, uh, you get a new MOS, so your branch collar changes, any major changes to you and your uniform should uh, require you to go get a new updated DA photo. Mm-hmm. And if you have no changes, they're good for five years. But most everybody we released receive an ARCOM within a five years. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a reason for a change right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, kind of uh, your area would be talking about DA photos a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a DA lab at Fort Jackson that can go to Fort Jackson and get their DA photos done. Mm-hmm. So it's working with your unit, working with your first-line supervisor. When board season comes around, you want to be ahead of that curve. Wait until the month before we have a board at the G1 Correct. to decide, oh, I need to go get my DA photo. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening today, make sure you go get your <laughs> DA photo. So. Now, as far as ERBs, what's the difficulty of the, – what's the process of making sure it's up to date? So say you got new awards, what's the process for that? Or like for me, I had to retake my ASVAB to mm-hmm. be able to change MOSs. How, what are steps that you need to take in order to make sure that those things are correct? Those are handled by your unit administrative personnel. They'll be able to make the changes required to the ERB. Uh, bear in mind, last year the ERBs were not being updated correctly yep. uh, due to an interface issue that has since been resolved. Okay. And so now ERBs are supposedly updated now, or excuse me, they are being updated now. Um, so by all means, have your personnel administrative, uh, your men, unit admin personnel, um, re- how you got to do is apply them to support documentation, or either if it's already in perms, just point it out to them, and they can make those changes in the ERB. 
So they're able to actually go in and update mm -hmm. the system? Correct. Okay. And then once they make those corrections, they, you should be standing right there to watch it happen so that you can then go in and uh, validate the ERB. Once it's validated, then it can go to the board. Okay. And, and on a slightly different topic, when you're going through your annual records reviews, this is a perfect opportunity, mm -hmm. opportunity to make sure that you're up to speed. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to necessarily wait for board season to make Correct. sure that your stuff is dress right dress in the system. Do those annual record reviews with your unit clerks and readiness NCOs and make sure you're good to go there. That's right. So you guys have mentioned several times about how important it is uh, for the soldiers to really be involved with their own uh, progression. Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, so uh, you mentioned a few things that, uh, that they can do. Are there any other, any other ideas, any other things that you think kind of uh, would be some key elements to make sure that they're doing their NCOs, their uh, NCOERs, their ERBs, height, weight, uh, PT, APFTs, those types of things? Well, for sure, maintaining compliance in all those areas. And mm -hmm. the, uh, the other one is, is the new regulation, or AR 600-8, blah. So AR 600-8-19 was rewritten and republished in 16 May 2019. So it was just recently. So paragraph 7-40 alpha states that soldiers with professional military education, so a soldier like an E4 going for E5, if they have BLC, they have priority for selection. They will be selected first, no matter where they are on the list. So you could be number one on the list and don't have BLC, and number 10 on the list does, well, number 10 on the list is going to get that offer, not you. So if you can do it, do your NCOES as soon as possible. Get your BLC completed, ALC, SLC, et cetera. That, and don't be afraid along with that, but to take on harder assignments. Absolutely. If you know through career progression that you have an opportunity to maybe branch out or take a broadening assignment, uh, maybe be a recruiter, right? Maybe work in the IG's office. Those kind of assignments are showing you're taking on more responsibility. If you can demonstrate that in an NCOER, you're really setting yourself apart from your peers. And if you can do that, that's going to help you on the boards. So do little things uh, like being with uh, the honor guard, mm -hmm. uh, those types of things, yep. are those beneficial for our soldiers as well? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. sir. Anything you can demonstrate on the NCOER that you're showing you're going a little extra above what's required to show up to drill and get a drill paycheck, that you're putting more into the organization than you're taking from the organization, you're going to separate yourself very quickly from your peers, and it will show in the boards. That's true. Now, um, I guess to end, what is there any other things that you would like to share as far as just enlisted promotions in general, besides like the things they can do? Is there just anything on last note that you would like to, well, to we, end with? We are con constantly reviewing the processes that we undergo. Uh, the, one of the main things we want to make sure is that we don't overlook any soldiers. We don't want to step over a soldier in lieu of another. We want to be everything to be above board and transparent. Yep. We aren't trying to hide anything. So by, by all means, if you have a question and you don't feel if you got the answer, don't hesitate to give us a call. State Command Sergeant Major Vickery has an open door policy. We don't mind taking. The, we don't mind getting the questions because if we're getting questions, that means somebody cares. So That's by right. all means, ask us the questions. We're there to help. That and we started off with don't suffer in silence. I can't think of a better <laughs> way to close this up. Don't suffer in silence. Ask your unit, your chain of command, your full-time staff. If you have a question that's not being resolved, continue to escalate. There are levels uh, from battalion to the MSE to state. There are smart people at each level in the chain of command. Tap into those resources, get some answers, and then improve your foxhole. And as it relates to EPS, 
make sure you got a good NCOER. That's right. <laughs> All right, Sergeant Major, Master Sergeant, thank you so much for cool. coming and talking to us today. Thank right. you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm really glad that Sergeant Major and Mass Sergeant were able to come in and talk to us about the enlisted um, promotion process because obviously, like we said before, that has been a really big topic um, that individuals have been asking us since we started the podcast. So I'm really glad that they came in. They gave us a lot of really good information. Yeah, I definitely think soldiers who didn't know what the policies and procedures were for getting promoted definitely have a lot more information in their hands now. And I think uh, one of the biggest takeaways from that whole conversation was to uh, be interactive, to be involved with your own promotions and know that it's not just going to automatically happen, that you have to be involved, you have to get your NCOERs taken care of, you have to be uh, informing your chain of command and your leaders of the things that you're doing. Exactly. And I think that a lot of the problem is, well, not problem, let's go back. So I think the biggest takeaway is you can tell the difference from somebody who wants to do this long term versus somebody who might just be in it maybe for whatever their reasons are, but they're not, they're not looking to make this a career. But you can tell the difference between somebody who cares and somebody who is just trying to get by. And there's nothing wrong with either or because, I mean, you can enlist and the Guard might not be something for you or even the military in general, or you might enlist knowing, I want to be a sergeant major one day. And a lot of it's, I feel like for M-Day soldiers, it's a little bit harder for them to understand the process and figure out the answers to their questions because A, they're not asking the questions, B, they don't know who to turn to to answer their questions, or they just, they don't know where to go from enlisting to getting to their end goal. So. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think as MD soldiers, you you have a tendency to spend an entire month doing your your normal life, mm-hmm. your family, your work, uh, your school if that's what you're what you're in the process of completing right now, and then really your military career is is a two day a month, mm-hmm. two week a year process. And if you're not kind of thinking a little bit further, then you may end up being one of those soldiers that they mentioned where. You know, you're not making any changes, you're not making any advancements, you're not going and doing your SSDs, your DLCs, you're not going and uh, doing Honor Guard or any of these other kind of extra things to really push yourself. You're not improving on your APFTs, and I I think it's a little easier if you're a full-time soldier to kind of keep those things in mind because you you know where you're going. You you have an idea. You have have a plan, and so... I think being an M-Day soldier, that's definitely something you need to make sure that you're paying attention to, that you're keeping that in the back of your mind and that you're taking those notes of what you're doing throughout the year. You're putting forth those those forms so that your first-line leaders know what you're doing and if nothing else, so you remember what you're doing. Exactly. Because I, I mean, I know if I was went on uh, went on and covered something eight months ago, and when it comes time for my NCOER, if I didn't write that down, I may or may not remember that. So, exactly. So I definitely think keeping track of that pushing yourself a little bit further because, you know, as we go through these, uh, our career in the military, our, our priorities change. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember a time where I was thinking of I was going to do 10, 15 years and be done, and now I'm looking at 20. Mm-hmm. And so priorities and what my goals are have, have definitely changed since my initial time in as a full-time regular Army. Uh, even has changed over kind of what my guard priorities and initial thoughts were. So. 
Uh, so keeping those things uh, forward, making sure you're paying attention, making sure that you're getting your uh, all of your information, your medals, your awards, your uh, your records, keeping those things straight is definitely something that MD soldiers, as well as regular full-time mm-hmm. soldiers, should certainly be keeping track of and, and focusing on. Exactly. And I think there's a little bit of a misconception because people here, and not just people who aren't in the military, but people who are in the Guard, they think, um, and I think this is more maybe for E4 below because I've I've felt this way in a sense before being full-time, but there's the misconception that you're a soldier two days or one weekend a month and two weeks out of the summer. But in reality, whether you're wearing the uniform or not, you're still in the military. You're still a soldier. You're representing yourself. So even though people have that mindset that, well, if it's not a drill weekend, then I'm not going to bother with it. Well, if you want to progress, you have to find the time to figure out what do I need to do to get to this point. And if that's um, having to take time during the week and throughout the month, and it's not drill weekend, and um, especially when you're in leadership positions. I mean, I, before I had transitioned and I was still an MP, I was an E4 team leader. So even though I was um, National Guard and I had my my uh, full-time civilian job and I was in school, I still had responsibilities throughout the month to make sure that my soldiers under me were taken care of, they knew whatever information they needed, and you don't just flip a switch off when you leave Sunday evening from drill, like, it's nonstop. And if you come in with the mentality that this is just something I'm doing one weekend a month and two weeks in the summer, then, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it, your your path might be different than somebody else who's wanting those things. Yeah, your progression's definitely going to be slowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not get where you want to be. Uh, I, I know when I was going from E4 to E5, there were some, I mean, we struggled to get my SSD1s done. There was computer issues. Mm-hmm. There was access issues. And again, all this is as an M-Day soldier. Uh, I think we tried four or five different computers in multiple different ways, and we ended up just having to figure out a, a time where I can come in and uh, you know work with your units to get these things done during you know part of drill weekends or maybe as part of your annual training so i think a key portion of that is first of all learning the process, uh, and, and I think uh, I think the, the sergeants and sergeant major who came in today uh, definitely had some good information for for the soldiers who didn't know sort of the process, and then making sure that you're pushing forth and pushing yourself to accomplish these goals and. Maybe not just doing that bare minimum, but taking it a step further and doing doing those next couple of steps, really going uh, that extra mile. Mm-hmm, exactly. So my biggest takeaway from this episode is if you have a question, ask. Because you're not going to know and you're just going to always wonder what if. And if you just took the time to ask the question, your leadership your full-time staff, they're there to help you. They're there to guide you. But they don't, like they were saying earlier, they don't have the time when you're in a unit with 150, 200-plus soldiers. They don't have the time to sit down with each person individually to help you make sure you're going on the right track. That's why you have your team leaders. That's why you have your squad leaders. That's why you have your platoon sergeants. So if you don't know, ask, because the only person that's going to help you progress is yourself, and you're only going to hold yourself back if you don't find out what those questions or the answers to your questions. 
Definitely. And I think sometimes the, the easiest person to, to kind of start with is that last person that you knew who got promoted because they've gone through the process. They uh, maybe have already gone to the schools that you're going to be going to next or have already completed those online courses. Uh, and, and they're kind of a great starting point. Uh, I, I know for me, those, those are kind of the people who I've depended on and, and asked the questions of to, you know, well, what do I need to do here? What do I need to complete here? Because if they've just completed it, you're probably going to go through a similar process mm-hmm. probably not a whole lot's changed in four or five six months uh, maybe even a year's time frame mm-hmm. I know things do change sometimes <laughs> so so you know you can't go by the hundred percent but yeah. but typically you have a guideline of where to base things off of yeah you've kind of got a starting point and ending exactly. point to, to to look at mm-hmm. and everybody's experience is different as well so it's like talking about deployments or past training. Like everybody's experience is going to be different than the next person beside you. So, um, having that foundation, maybe a mentor in a sense, definitely would be helpful. And then, of course, just make sure you're asking questions and don't think that there's a question. I know people say that there's no stupid question, and there really isn't because if you don't know, then. How are you supposed to figure it out? And like I was just saying a moment ago, not only being sort of that person who is going to ask the questions, Mm -hmm. but maybe you're that sergeant or that NCO who just went through the school. Are you really a sergeant? Are you really handling and sticking by that that NCO creed? And you know, I'm gonna gonna inform those below me, and I'm gonna make sure that those who are coming up in the ranks know what they need to know. Uh, am I gonna leave my soldiers uninformed, or are you going to, you know, teach them the things that they need to know to to progress? So, uh, you know, as as we progress as NCOs, it's also our mission to help those junior enlisted who aren't yet there or maybe that E5 who needs that information to get them where they need to go in their next line progression. All right. Well, I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Sergeant Brad Mincy. And we'll catch you in the next episode.